Welcome to Pauli Malinaji from Brooklyn to the world. Proudly representing his hometown of Brooklyn, New York. Pauli Malinaji takes you inside the ring and beyond. I'm definitely far from shy. We're going to be ranting about a lot of stuff. Not just about boxing, I'm opinionated on life in general, many sports topics and politics. Pauli doesn't hold back. The two time world champion, Pauli the Magic Man. Holy Malanaji, Peter Cards, Brooklyn to the world. We're back, and I'm in the studio today. Seth Nyman is here. Peter Cards is yes. here. Holy Malanaji in studio. It feels We're good. We're coming to you. It does feel yeah, good. It does feel good. It feels yeah. good to be back in the studio. Feels, feels good, to be, good in my plums. Feels good to be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> feels good to be here with uh, some capable people in the studio, dude. Seth, I don't know what they got going on down in Miami at that studio. I love Miami, but Minka. They don't know. They don't even know they're there. The, the, I, do you guys go to school for this? Out. They don't know what you don't, like, you don't even know whether you're here or not. Right. Like you don't know where you are. I walk in there. They don't know they're there. I don't know where they think they are. <laughs> they, just, they don't know they're in the studio. They don't know. I don't know where they think they are. They get placed Last there week, by the guy aliens. Asked me if I brought my headset. <laughs> I if I brought my headset. Well, are you, why am I bringing my headset? By the way, what's two, what episode bring, number are we on, guys? What you bring all your glasses and your shoes? <laughs> yeah, with you? shoes and my glasses, just so I have that. My headset's too, unfortunately. Yeah. What show? Well, I don't what, know. What, what do you mean? What, what do you mean you don't know? I, like, I, 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 Peter Claus lost the job to, of, of episode counter, so we can go to you. I yours. was fired from you, episode So we can go to you that you deferred it to the numbers, and now you don't know either set. I think it's a 59.0. 59.0, <laughs> did I? So that means I gotta be. 59? Is the answer four? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start counting these episodes. I'm gonna have. Yeah, 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 yeah. I started counting these episodes myself. I think. You fucking vomit, you. Hey, we gotta keep this clean. Oh, sorry. It's boxing. Boxing. So what? I'm looking. You know, I'm looking at a picture of Keith Thurman. He looks like Troy Palomalo. He does. Beautiful hair. Look at that. Yeah, he's pretty. Head and shoulders. The relation that might be there. You know, he wins this. He wins a couple more fights to get to do some commercials. Yeah, he's very well spoken. Yeah, yeah, except for the lisp. All right, but I still, he still, still. But that sells nowadays. One thing sells. One thing about Keith is he's didn't hurt Tyson at all. Listen, did some commercials. Listen, one thing about Keith is he's very deep too. No, he is. He's he's a very deep guy. Meditates. He meditates on the beach. He'll knock you the fuck out too. Though. You know, he's not a joking kind either. I'll he's not the joking kind either. Like when I when I tried to when I tried to crack on him with the uh, when he called uh, everybody in San Antonio, San Diego, that time that post fight interview when he said, "Yo, yeah. San Diego," and then they all started booing him. So I tried to joke with him, but the next time I saw him, he was like, "Nah, nah, nah, we can't talk about that." Wow, <laughs> like, he's very serious. Yeah. So he, I don't know, Pete, if you're gonna be joking with him like that in face, Man, fuck <laughs> he, that. he might hit you one no. of those. He might hit you one of those hooks. I said, I said, what's up to him one time, and he was just very serious. Like the way he stared at me, I was like, Whoa. "Nah, he's kind of he's a little bit deep out there." Too, yeah, yeah, Keith. He's yeah. Uh, but he's cool, chill, good. Shout out to Keith Thurman, one time one WBA welterweight champion, defending the title Saturday night against Sean Porter. That'll uh, exciting. Something man. we're excited, excited about. Good I'm, night. Looking at, I'm looking at a TV screen. They're showing Golovkin and Canelo. Here's what I wa- want to know about Golovkin and Canelo. It seems like they decided on next year, 2017. That's what they decided on. That's what they, they've decided on. They're going to fight sometime in the fall of 2017. The fall? Now, yeah. I mean, is it? Did anybody else? Did anybody? I mean, was anybody really surprised about this? I mean, uh, I'm surprised. I'm surprised that it's happening. Right. <laughs> I, I, won't, I won't believe it till I see it. Right. 
Yeah. I said it about Mayweather Pacquiao. I was like, when the bell rings, then I'll believe it. Who who doesn't want to fight who? I think Golovkin wants to fight. Well, not everybody, but I know you're talking about. Thing back in the day, there wasn't this demand about gaining weight either. You know what I'm saying? There wasn't. But you know, Canelo Alvarez got himself into the mess. He decided to go win the middleweight title. Right. And they expect people expect you to fight middleweights. They wouldn't. I don't think there would have been this expectation for Canelo to fight Golovkin. Until Canelo kind of brought these problems on himself by but, going to the middleweight division and winning a title. Granted, he beat another non-middleweight in Cotto. But what's but sick still. is Amir was like, "Oh, when I beat, if I beat Canelo, I'll fight Triple G." Like, and I believe it. You know, that's how sick Amir Khan is. Oh, Amir is all about risk reward factor. He's, Amir will take any risk, and and I, I think the, that's the epitome of a boxing businessman. You would look at somebody like Amir; he's the epitome of a boxing businessman. If you, the risk reward is is high enough, Amir will take any risk. He'll fight right. Klitschko too. You know what I'm saying? Like, if the risk reward is high enough, basically, you know, if the if the fight is a is a mega fight, if there's a lot of money to be made from the fight, he'll fight anybody. And I think, for the most part, I think any intelligent fighter will think like that. Green people are gonna say, "Oh, that's not intelligent. You're gonna put your brain cells in, in harm's way. You're gonna get hurt because you're fighting." Yeah, you know, I I, I myself, I, we 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 discussed that fight plenty of times before it happened. And we criticized it because we you know we were worried that Amir would get hurt, and there's a risk of that. And just because he didn't get hurt doesn't mean there's not that risk of it happening of another course. time if somebody makes that decision. So it is something you have to check. But I think any boxing, uh, any athlete in boxing with that kind of a, you know. I'd say intelligent business sense will understand the risk reward if it's worth it. And I think Amir in the moment felt the risk reward was worth it because what what is it? If you lose to Canelo, it's not really the end of the world if you're Amir. You weren't expected to win anyway. You're expected to win at Walter. So the risk is higher at Walter even though you probably will have a higher chance of winning the risk is higher in that because if you lose in the welterweight division, the criticism is yeah, the higher. criticism is higher exactly. But also, he's also kind of old school in a sense. Like if I'm the middleweight champ, I'll fight middleweight. I mean, yeah, like, you know, yeah, it's like of course. I mean, granted, we would have had to find out if that actually would have happened. I mean, right. to do or say is one thing to do; it is another thing. I mean, Canelo said, "I believe it." Though. Canelo <laughs> said after the fight with uh, Amir Khan, he, "We don't we, fuck we, around. We don't fuck around. We, we know I'm going to fight you." Seems and, like you he's know. fucking around yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what he meant. So, so you know, we, we're saying it and doing it is two different things. But yeah, I'm sure everybody's going to be happy. That this fight eventually is going to happen. Um, I I really can't blame Canelo. Um, but who else but is going to make? At the same time, like I said, he kind of got himself into these problems. Don't go win the middleweight title, and Preble probably will not really be expecting Canelo versus Golovkin to happen. If you really think about it, all this hap started, all this talk started happening once Golovkin, won, uh, once Canelo won that middleweight title from Cotto, who himself wasn't even a real middleweight. You know, so once you came on, once you come into that circle. Now, not your game, just like everybody else's game. You know what yep. I'm saying? Your fair game. You, you know, you, hey, we want to get you in the ring with this guy too. You, you know, know? We, we had we had uh, Eric Kelly on with us that time, right? Yes, sir. And I, I saw a tweet that somebody was like, uh, Ellie Secback actually, mm-hmm. was like, oh, Canelo's pound for pound. You know, he's in the top five pound for pound. So Eric Kelly's like, pound for pound? Are you crazy? And I, I retweeted and I, and I said, he's not even top five at junior middleweight. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got Charlos, you got Boo Boo. Uh, I don't know, man. You got J Rock. He's not. No? He's, you're picking all I, those guys I, over him? I, I'd say, okay, here's I, what I. Oh, well, realistic, realistic. Jamal versus Canelo, I slightly pick Jamal. Okay. Jamal is the way he looked his last fight. Honestly, Jamal was looking really good. His last fight, honestly, there's some convincing to, t- to do for me to pick Jamal now over. 
over Canelo. Granted, you're only as good as your last fight, right? Is this based on the fact that how yeah. how boxers are successful against Canelo? Like even Khan had some yeah. success as boxing. Yeah, of course. Uh, J Rock. Uh, J Rock. J Rock's a, 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 a might be boxing's best kept secret. He's a beast. <laughs> right. That guy's a beast. Uh, that guy's so good. He might be Jamal, and Jamal is good. Right. 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 Jamal is good. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what, uh, boo -boo? Uh, boo -boo Andre, I would take him over Canelo. Easily. Yeah. All right. He beats yeah. the shit out of Canelo. Yeah, too, 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 too versatile. Too elusive. And, and here's the thing. This is not even a criticism on Canelo. This right. is also how this good, is just going how to good. show how good this weight class is. Yes. But weight Canelo, class is good. Canelo's in the same spot as Amir now. You, you know, if he fights Triple G and loses, he's not losing that much. If he goes and fights one of these guys for less money, but and he gets exposed. Risk, but here's the risk, risk reward. reward. Exactly. Yeah. Goes fights those yep. guys for less money, it's not worth it for Canelo. No. It's not worth it for Canelo. But Canelo is such a mega star. Such a mega star. Aside from Floyd Mayweather, he's probably the second best, biggest star in boxing. Absolutely. Um, that even going up and waiting, getting yourself beat, is more risk for him than it is for Amir. Because Canelo is a bigger star than Amir. So the star power, uh, the luster, because when you're involved, when you're that big of a star, you also have crossover fans involved, casual fans involved. They don't understand weight classes. They just understand wins and losses. True. So you now have the attention of those casuals as well, but not even the non-boxing fans, because you're that much of a star, you have to win no matter what. Don't, they, don't under, they don't understand weight classes. They don't People want to see that red-headed guy. Like, it's Forget crossover. about the red-headed red -headed guy. Red -headed Mexican. He, he's, yeah. he's just got that crossover stardom for one reason or another. And... Casual fans or right or not really non-boxing fans don't understand weight classes in boxing. Yeah, it'll be understood. Hey, man, you know what? He took on Golovkin. Golovkin's a bigger guy, and he lost. But everyone else, which is the majority, because when you're that big of a star, honestly, you have more non-boxing fans than you have boxing fans. Dude, they're not gonna understand that. So you're gonna lose that a little bit of luster, no matter what. So the risk is always higher for a guy of that kind of star power. The money's you know? gonna be good, though. The money's gonna be good. Money's gonna be good, and that's money's what I think eventually will and, happen. And, and that's what they've done. And he's still gonna be a redheaded Mexican. But well, you guys are right. Though. You're I, making a point. Like, who else is he gonna fight? Then he's gonna fight one of these I'm guys saying. for what, a quarter think, of the money. I think he's gonna fight like a Liam Smith or something. Dude. Yeah, he's right. not, I mean, no WBO, risk. junior middleweight, world champion, or maybe a David Lemieux. You know, like a, a, a that's a, like who's a middleweight who's exciting, a pretty big name, is makes exciting fight, but he gets hit. Or maybe even a Curtis Stevens. You know, I tell you, if they don't make any of those guys, what can I? They should make Lemieux and Curtis Stevens against each other. Is what they yes. should do. Oh, Curtis Stevens has been calling him out for months. Man, that's a great fight. Months. That's a terrific TV. about TV fights? That's a great TV fight, you know? It is. Styles make make everything, man. Curtis Stevens and David Lemieux. I want to see that fight. Rich that's Blow. Fight. You know? Yeah, that would be a great fight. Boom. So what else are we talking about over here? We have any fights over? Oh, dude. Well, just let people what know. What happened? Joe Smith knocked out from far. That's what Joe happened Joe Smith the from Long Island. Joe Smith Jr. Honestly, shout out to uh, Andre Fonfara too because you know I love Fonfara. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Fonfara, man. And honestly, Joe Smith made guy, me a fan right? of him too. Yeah. You know, right, I always heard the Joe Smith name around the New York area. He's one of our guys. You know, he's one. I mean, he's one of our New York guys. Uh, I never. I don't think I met him personally, but I have seen him. Seen him around the New York area. He's got a pretty good following, and I've heard the name. So congrats to him as well. And also, nice kid, you know, like I said, shout out to Fonfara, man, because I, I I think he remains a fun fighter to watch. Uh, and I think he'll be back as well. You know, he was one of my favorite fighters in boxing to watch from far. No matter what, he's always in a good fight. Maybe and I think it would have been a good fight if it would have lasted. Would yeah, yeah. But everybody, I tell you one thing about everybody uh, in Long Island, everybody uh, around the New York area always talks about Smith. That guy can punch. That guy can punch. That guy can punch. Sure can. And from far, I ended up ha uh, finding out. You know. Absolutely, very heavy hand. And uh, I also have to mention that uh, the guy you interviewed, Abner Mars, his fight was canceled. Yes, unfortunately, Abner Mars. And here's, here's the this is the catch twenty two here with this 
because the New York Commission is getting very strict. It's getting very weird almost. They made a lot of changes at the New York Commission. Um, a couple of days after um, Mattis failed, they said they would reschedule the fight in another state, another date, which makes you wonder. Now, Mattis is going to be suspended by New York, but if he fights in California, the New California Commission can test him and pass him, and then he'll be non unsuspended. But here's the thing. This is where I kind of have my doubts here. Not my doubts, because you know you never want to go against doctors and whatnot. But it's, you got to also allow fighters to make a living. I understand this is a tough way to make a living, and you got to be one hundred percent healthy. But you also got you also can't be too strict. Not no, no fighter is going to be one hundred percent. Okay, this, we we fight for a living. You you can't take away millions of dollars from somebody's pocket over some shit that. There's a small chance it might happen, but most of the most likely it won't happen. So isn't every time you step in the ring is a risk? Yeah, exactly. So exactly. so you can't be. We're not playing ping pong in there. Like you can't say, oh, well, he has this wrong with. I don't know what they found with Abner's eyes. Honestly, I don't really don't know. But he'd been passing tests left and right, and he I failed this one. I tell you another guy. I had a friend of mine from Italy, Luca Giacon, was gonna fight on the Algeri Spence card in uh in uh, in April. In April, he was gonna fight the Alger- Algeri Spence card. A couple years ago, Luca Giacone had a retina surgery, okay? And he, he's been back. He's been back, and he's passed the test in Europe. He wanted to get some exposure in the U.S. He's got a good record, a good fundamental boxer. Uh, got a good story behind him. So Luca comes uh, to fight um, uh, in, in, in New York. You know, he's got a, actually a, a very different background. His mother's Rwandan, but born in Belgium. Huh. And, and, and Belgium, and his father is Italian. But he's born in Spain. So and he trained a what lot of fuck? a lot. Of, he trained a lot of years. I guess better. He trained a lot of years in Panama. So he's fluent in Italian and Spanish. Okay. Wow. Uh, he looks mulatto. Honestly, you see him. He's, he looks Dominican. You know, because his mom is African. But regardless, so come. You know, you had a nice little story, and a kid can't fight. He comes here. He's passed his medicals in Europe. He comes here. He's got to get the the documentation for the test because he has had a retina surgery. So they automatically they want to make sure they they test you again, and they failed him. They failed him here, dude. He's back in Europe. He's going to fight again in Europe. Like, uh, New York failed him. So now he's trying to see if he can get a commission uh, in California to test him as well. So this is why when they failed Abner, it made me think of Luca's situation. Now Abner, I'm like, dude, they're failing way too many people here. This is getting a little too weird. Now, I understand Well, I'm all for safety and whatnot, but I'm also a fighter. So I understand the the plight of the fighter. Dude, we got to make a living too. You know what I mean? You're, you're, and you're not just... Chumping up a guy who's gonna fight for fifteen hundred dollars. Abner Manis was fighting for a world title, fighting probably for six or seven figures, uh, possibly seven figures, uh, well, definitely for a high six figures. Dude, I mean, it's kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big deal. You can't do that to somebody. You can't do that to somebody. You just can't do that. You know. And so why I, is, again, why? I don't want to jump the gun. Maybe there is something wrong with Abner's eyes, but it's just it's starting to get a little weird to me. It's going to get. It's becoming a little bit too common here. And, and then it, it, all the more reason when I saw the article saying this fight will be rescheduled later in the summer. For them to be that confident that it'll be rescheduled later in the summer, it means they know that he'll pass under another commission's rules. And I had been I had been hearing in the past couple months about the New York Commission being weird. I hope it's not true. Like, you know, we got to make a living, guys. I mean, I understand I'm all for safety, but we have to make a living. Fighters have to make a fucking and, living. And, and it should be the same any state you're in or country. It should be the right. same test. Right. And we're, we're all talking about Abner. We're focused on Abner. What about Cuellar? <laughs> He's been training this whole yeah, time. right. <laughs> looking to make a living himself. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with him, but the guy he was about to fight, you know, because of this... Um, what seems to be possibly over-intensive uh, testing. I mean, I'm great. That I don't, I don't, we don't want to just assume that, you know, go on this assumption. You know, the, the, the commission might be right. But, again, it just seems like it. I feel like a lot of guys have failed recently, and it's been it's been kind of weird. Even uh, 
wasn't it a couple years ago they made me take my head test like a bunch of times? They made me yeah. take my MRI like a bunch of times before they passed me. Like it was like weird. Like, like I don't know. Like I'm still looking for a reason. And the tests that they do now are yeah. intense. Yeah, like it was like like boxes are not made to be. That like, it's smart, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh the intelligence <laughs> test, you mean? Yeah, the memory <laughs> test. Yeah, dude. I mean, they they give you memory tests that I don't think normal people would pass. Like they right. give us, they give us these. And New York, <laughs> you know what? That reminds me. Yeah, New York's probably doing that too because they were doing that when I when I last time I fought in New York, bro. They give you the weirdest memory tests, like. You got. I don't even think normal people will pass some of these tests. It's still. And I'm not thing. trying to say boxes are dumb when I said they're not the smartest. But they they don't. You don't go into a doctor's office thinking your IQ is going to be tested. You're getting ready for a fight. Yeah. You know. And then they're like, all right, well, you got to do this test. He's like, whoa, whoa. Well, let me see if I get my hands on those. We'll do them on air next time. <laughs> weird <laughs> test. It's weird. It's weird stuff. Hey, I found something here. Uh, what you find? I don't know if you guys are interested or not. It has some of the top welterweights making their pick for the fight. You guys want to hear who, who sure. picked who? Yeah. Let's have it. Let's have it. We got uh, Danny Garcia. Um, he thinks it's a 50-50 fight. Gives Keith er- Thurman the edge. Uh, very close decision. Kel Brook. Um, he needs a pick him fight for him. He, he said Keith is heavy-handed and he, and he could walk Sean onto one, but he thinks it's a pick him fight. Errol Spence. Both of these guys go both ways. It's fit, it's very split. He goes... If Keith can box and keep Sean Potter outside, he sees Keith winning. He said if Sean stays inside and stays on the chest of Keith, he sees uh, Sean winning. Thanks, Earl. <laughs> <laughs> that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, Sammy Vasquez picked Thurman. Uh, Guerrero likes Thurman. Uh, tough fight. Colazo picks Porter. Um, and uh, Speaking of which, you just named two guys that are about to fight. Yeah. We just signed, they just signed that. Vas- Vasquez and, and uh, Colazzo. Colazzo, right. And uh, the last one, Devin Alexander likes, uh, he thinks Keith has more power. Hmm. Yeah. So Interesting. They all think it's going to be a good fight, so hopefully it will It be. is going to be a good fight, but that looks like, uh, what was that, 7-2? to two? Yeah, my, it leans leans towards Keith yeah. mostly, but everybody thinks it's close, so no one would be surprised it goes either way. But Right, 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 sure. Just like it seems like Keith when when I watched his fight with Guerrero, he kind of ran out a little steam in that fight too. So it, it yeah, like, I mean Guerrero was bringing a lot of pace though, it but he also of, knocked Guerrero down in the twelfth yeah. round. Yeah. Guerrero yeah. had to get through that too. You know? Never been knocked down. Yeah, so he carries that power throughout, you know, and that's something that's important in this fight. It's gonna be a good night, man, for boxing. It is. Yeah, really excited about. It. So we're we got a special guest coming up. Mm. We do. Yes, Mr. Mark Kriegel is going to join us. Yeah, got a new series mom. on Showtime called Reveal. You guys got to check it out if you're boxing fans. It's very cool. Behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, Mark was an old school New Yorker. Uh, now he's a new used, school. Used LA. to write for the Post for the Daily News. I used to I used to see his articles in the sports section when we I was, grew up when I was him, a kid. Yeah. yeah, when yeah. I was a kid, when I was a teenager, I used to just pick up the paper and read the you know. I Same. Now now we work alongside him over in the CBS family. Yes. Showtime. So stay tuned, and you'll have, we'll have our interview with Mark Kriegel coming up next. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. All right. Paulie Malinaji, Brooklyn, uh, Malinaji, Peter Cards, Brooklyn to the World. We got Mark Kriegel as our guest today. Mark, what's going on? Tell us your credentials. What you, because it, we, have, we have so many credentials for you that, that uh, we don't know where to start, but uh, <laughs> obviously... Uh, uh, Long time, uh, uh, long time involved with uh, all kinds of sports. So, why don't you give us a list of your credentials so our listeners can get a a, 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 a little bit of an overview of you, uh, the ones that don't know. I'm an expatriate New Yorker. That's the one thing. That's expatriate. The first yeah. thing. Well, there's, there's too um, many expatriate LA. New Yorkers. Why do you guys all leave? 
Why do you guys all leave? I don't understand. Well, so, first of all, the weather doesn't suck. Yeah. Second of all, with the exception of you and Peter, mm-hmm. all the cool people left. Yeah. They ain't coming back. <laughs> Even Seth lives in New Jersey. What's going I mean, on over here? Yeah, Mark, Listen. Mark, he's criticizing you, the guy who uh, flies to Miami every week. Yeah, well, I, I still keep my Brooklyn roots. Come on, guys. Come on. Come on Wait guys. a second. <laughs> the last guy left is maybe you and DeBella. I don't know. <laughs> Listen, I, well, wait, I'm, I'm serious. This is a serious thing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I grew up in New York, there were fighters, writers, artists, actors. It was interesting. The joints were interesting. And I'm, I'm not being a, 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 feign, a phony, a, no. a false romanticist. But I now, know what you're talking about. You know, what do we give the world now? Donald Trump? What do we give the world? No, no, I'm, I'm serious about that. Now, what, what do we give? What do we give the world? We give the world guys, hedge fund guys at the Knicks games. They don't know what they're watching. That's the Used thing. It became very corporate. The, yeah, it became what, very corporate. Especially even even the, Yankee Stadium, very corporate. Mm-hmm. Very corporate. Yes, mm-hmm. I remember. The, I remember Yankee Stadium in the '70s. It shook. You were scared, but it was. You knew you were in a kind of holy place. It might yeah. go nuts at any moment. Now, now you got not like any other city. Now you got the business guys over there with their uh, five thousand dollars suits. They're discussing business. Oh. They're not even paying attention to what the pitch count is. Hi, I want a twenty dollars sausage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the, no, who else is going to afford a twenty dollars sausage? Sausage. That's why I bought the hot dogs outside before I go in. Dollar ones. I came out here by accident. I came out here by accident. And I, I split up with my wife mm-hmm. and my my kids here, so I'm here. But if I had the choice right now, mm-hmm. I would not go back. And I'm a guy, my credentials, the Daily News used to advertise me, God help them, as the most New York you can get. Right. And then I went on, I, I did, uh, I guess by filling out my resume here, I, I did a what I'm probably best known for, aside from my great new series, The Reveal, on Showtime. <laughs> is uh, a series of biographies um, about ball players or fame and masculinity in America. Joe Namath, I did a book on Namath. I did a book on Pete Maravich, Ray basketball player. And Ray Mancini, most of the books, certainly the book about uh, Boom Boom and the book about Pistol, Pete Maravich, mm-hmm. uh, hinge very, very heavily on the relationship between fathers and sons. Which is now, a big deal a lot of times in athletics. I mean, you know, it, it, whether you're whether you're searching for your father, or whether you're trying to please him, I think that that's that's what makes and breaks more athletic careers than anything else. Yeah, yeah, and and it's a lot of times also the fathers just expecting too much from their sons, trying to live through their sons, uh, trying to live another life through through their sons. You mean like Kenny Porter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't want to get into it. Yeah, uh, in boxing well, especially, you, you see a lot of you see a lot of that. You know. Um, I, I actually got to tell you for this, for this piece of the show, mm-hmm. the reveal we did, we did one on um, Sean Porter mm-hmm. and, and some about his father, but Sean Porter and one on Keith Thurman. I, I went in expecting to find Kenny Porter a purely overbearing guy, mm-hmm. and what I found completely surprised me. And made me made me like him. First of all, we talked about music for a good part of the afternoon, like mm-hmm. old soul music before you know you were born. Mm-hmm. But the second thing, why he? I don't know if you've ever seen him, you know, training with Sean. He he's he's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. I mean, he you know he he doesn't he doesn't let up on this kid. Yeah. And the reason is this: when Kenny, Sean's father, mm-hmm. was a child, 
Mm-hmm. Their mom got mixed up in some stuff. She wasn't always around, I guess. Um, and when he was when he was a kid, he was entrusted with the care of his kid brother. In, this is in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So one day, Kenny Porter, Sean's father, is walking across the street with his kid brother in tow. The kid was maybe, I don't know, four years old, five years old, three years old, something like that. Mm-hmm. Street in Cleveland. And he's trusted with this kid. And they're going to get the mom. He turns around. A car hits the child. Wow, oh, my him. God. So Kenny is left with the idea that I failed my little brother. I ran across the street ahead of him mm-hmm. instead of being with him the whole way. And I lost this kid. Wow. And I asked both Kenny and Sean, is this the reason why you're on this kid's ass? for everything, why you need to, to be on him for everything, to control him. And, and I don't mean that in, in such a, it, it, as terrible as it sounds, but to be with him all the time. In a lot yeah. of ways, man, Kenny and Sean aren't even father and son. And I've done a lot of stories about fathers and sons, mm-hmm. but they're like big brother and little brother. They go on dates together, these two. <laughs> and, 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 and I asked I ask Kenny, I say, are you trying to replicate the brother you lost. You're trying to fix mm-hmm. what went wrong before Sean was born. And he goes, I never thought about this, but yeah, I think that you're right. Wow, you almost you wind know? up having a, 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 a psychology uh, session with him instead of That's an interview. That's what I do, pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do. But, do you have your psychology was, degree as well, Mark? Well, I, I have my psychology degree from hanging out with the Bella. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you one, yeah. <laughs> Honorary. Um, um, no, but I think that if that had happened in another sport, if I asked the guy, oh, yeah, you're doing this because you lost your brother, right? Mm-hmm. The guy would have said, no, that's the me." He was honest. He was open. And that's, that's why I love covering this game. Yeah. Because it, it, it's really, and, and you know this, I've told this to you before, you know this as well as anybody, you broadcast this as well as anyone, because you weren't going to go in and knock everyone out. So mm-hmm. you had to think your way through. And it's the toughest game to think your way through because the action isn't physical as much as it is psychological. Yeah. And that's what makes a guy like Floyd, mm-hmm. and that's what breaks a guy like Tyson. Yeah. Yeah. Psychology, not, Very not, true. not physical gifts, man. Yeah. Of course. Mark, anyway, did you, what, what, um, yeah. what kind of relationship did you and your, your dad have? Like, is that something that made you, like, look deep into this with athletes? Yes. Yeah. Hey. Uh, my, my father is a, my father's a cripple. My father, my father, my father's the most macho guy I know, but he lost his legs in mm-hmm. uh, 1944. Old school New Yorker. So his life is spent. My father's a writer, mm-hmm. and he writes about tough guy stuff. He, you know, I was the maybe the only kid in my class who went to school, you know, well versed in Hemingway and Norman Mailer. Right. So it's kind of natural to write about boxing and. and, and I, on it. it's, of course, I would I would focus on this sport, but um, a lot of my career, my life, was spent earning his approval, trying to make him proud. Um, in a, in a certain way, and this is I sound like half full of shit now, maybe a quarter full of shit, but trying to get his legs back. I mean, we're all a lot of us are trying to get something back. Yeah, yeah. We don't, you know, we can barely articulate. Um, 
but that that's my relationship with my dad um it's funny how know, everyone's past kind of shapes their present and their future you know uh, there's a reason right. obviously in, in in that subtle way probably the reason why you wound up uh, uh, covering a lot of these athletes and their relationships with their fathers and mm-hmm. athletes have there's a lot of complicated father-son relationships in athletics as obviously you've mentioned and, and, and mm-hmm. have covered um, even myself that I don't cover uh, as far as uh, you know I don't have the uh, the uh, media background you have but I remember just coming up the ladder uh, and being a teenager and being a young professional boxer and you know seeing some of my amateur teammates like on our trips and they're you know having like those overbearing fathers and they'd come mm-hmm. along and they you know it was very difficult for them to deal with it. I remember a lot of times thinking like man thank god I don't have that I mean, a lot of time, mm-hmm. you know I don't have I didn't have much of a relationship with my father growing up but I was like it, when I would see things like that I was like wow I'm actually I'm actually glad I don't have a relationship with my father and this you know sometimes right. I would look at these kids and feel bad for them because it was it was almost like they were not even enjoying the boxing they were not even enjoying the 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 experience they were having it's it's very complicated a lot of times and it can it can make or break a uh, a kid, you know, because he's trying to I, still grow into I a wondered, man at the same time while trying to please his father. I wondered that about Kenny and Sean, and I, and I, I asked because you know a lot of kids will just get up and say, "Yo, forget it, I don't need you, I'm out of here." I mean, you know, Floyd comes to the narrative of Floyd Mayweather. He gets to that point where he goes, he casts his father off, yeah, and then the father comes back, but on, on different terms. Sean, I asked Sean. Don't you ever want to just get up and say, Mark, you're breaking up, Mark. Uh, don't I, I asked I asked Sean. Sean, don't you ever want to say, I'm out of here, I'm done with you, and walk off. And he says he has, and he comes back. What I asked Kenny was, who needs who more, the father or the son? And Kenny said, I need Sean more. He was pretty adamant about it. And again, it's why you get a straight answer from fighters and fight people that you won't in other sports. Interesting, man. Interesting. It's just, you usually wouldn't get somebody in Kenny Porter's position to admit that. I think it shows a lot of humility that, no. he, that he would admit something like that. You know, because some, no. somebody in that position would, you, 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 from the outside looking in, a lot of times you think about it, it's all about their ego and, you know, uh, uh, being present in the in the in the, in all the pictures and all the videos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And so, when you ask him a question like that, a lot of times you're going to assume, it, you know, they're going to put themselves at the forefront. But uh, that's actually a really humble uh, and honest answer he gave you there. Yeah. And, and unexpected but, from the outside looking right, in. But, but, Paul, you think about it. It is about ego. It is about what's in your head as, as much as any other sport. But here's the thing. Guys like you, you're out there alone. You're metaphorically naked. You're almost naked anyway except for a pair of trunks. But... There's nothing to hide from. And that's why the strongest-minded guys, whether you like them or not, are like Floyd. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't crack. Um, and I thought that that was, that was the great thing about your career, was when you knew you couldn't knock someone out, I'm not going to crack. That takes, you know, that takes a lot, as, as opposed to a guy like Tyson, who if, you couldn't, if you, he couldn't knock you out, he didn't have them, from yeah. my perspective. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I know exactly what you're talking say, about because you, you, okay, you, I, right. you, you see it in a lot of other fighters as well. Where I'm used for me, I get into the ring expecting to go twelve. I love it for not not mm-hmm. to go twelve, but I, for, I love I expect it to go twelve. And and when I get in there and I'm expecting it to go the distance, 
you know, there's there's peaks and valleys, there's highs and lows throughout that fight. But in my mind, right. it's going ten, it's going twelve. I, I've got ch- a chance to turn things around if they're not going good. I've got a chance to mm-hmm. blow it if I if they are going good. I've got to make sure I keep the momentum. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, I I'm at peace with that, you know, and I, and I'm I'm kind of accept that before the first bell rings, you know. Uh, but right. you know, some guys who get so used to ending these fights early that suddenly they're they they wind up having to test certain part of their psychology mm-hmm. when the late rounds come that they're not used to testing you know they, because mm-hmm. those late rounds come you're tested psychologically in a lot of ways not just because the guy's still standing there and he took your power but also because you're now tired physically and mentally you're now worrying about how this fatigue is going to affect the fact that you're going to about to, you might get your ass kicked because now you can't defend as well because you're mm-hmm. tired so you start thinking about that you know so mm-hmm. you can you can kind of see uh, how that psychology plays in some of the fighters as well it's one of the things i think deontay wilder never got enough credit for when he beat Berman Stavern. Mm-hmm. He Here's a guy who you know, came to the sport relatively late, knocking everybody out, basically in a couple rounds, you know, about 30 fights, knocking everyone out. So you don't really know what's going to happen when guys stand up to your power. Yep. And I thought that the way he dealt with Stavern, yep. who w- was a big guy, was a tough guy, was an experienced guy with some power, Yep. The way he dealt with him through 12, I don't think he ever got enough yeah, credit it was, it was for it. I, mean, I still it, think that, you know, there's a presumption against him that I don't understand. It, it, it but was he a, dealt with it. It was a very professional performance. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. I remember calling that fight and remember thinking he kept his composure the entire time, no matter what, the entire time. Well, we talk about, talk about being genuine and being honest. That's one thing that makes me a big fan of Deontay is he'll tell you with a straight face, I'm learning every day. You know, it doesn't matter that, uh, that I'm heavyweight champion of the world. I'm still learning. He is, is no secret to anybody that, you know, he got a late start in boxing. And, you know, he's he's literally learning every every fight. And uh, I think that's why you see the, the improvements that you have with him. Um, no, I, 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 I agree. But I also think that what's, what's strange about it is in previous generations, we would have run to celebrate an American heavyweight who could yeah. knock guys out. I mean, I remember when I remember when Bo beat Holyfield the first time out, and it remains to me the greatest sporting event I ever covered. It was the first time I ever covered a big fight in Vegas. I was at the Post. Mm-hmm. I was at my first year, I think, as a columnist, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh my God, this is what it's about." There's nothing. There's nothing like this. But the whole world ran to sell Bo. Market breaking up. A couple of dec- a couple of decades later, what I see are people running and trying to find excuses not to cover Deontay. And you know, I think that that's a the, the heavyweight division in particular, straight damage to its reputation over the years. Yeah, it's starting to come back now, and uh, I, I think it, it automatically because it's the heavyweights uh, brings so many casuals. You know, back to the right. sport. So big men throwing big yeah. punches. Yeah, you know that that's something that a lot of people. Oh, boxing's not the same. We got no good heavyweights. Well, now we do, and and they're actually from all over the world, which is which is cool. And hopefully, they're able to build up a Wilder versus Anthony Joshua. I think that's the the fight yeah. people want to see. There are boxing fans and like the heavyweights. No, I, I agree with you. I think I think that the Brazil fight is is really interesting too. You know, I don't know how how many of your listeners know, but. Dominic Brazil was a, you know, he was a quarterback, a, right? A college quarterback, you know, not not the highest level Division One, but a college quarterback like Deontay couldn't make it in football or basketball, and he decided, okay, this is the body I have. What can I do with it? 
I mean, now the first experiment in, in this type of, um, you know, can you build a heavyweight was Michael Grant. And ultimately that Absolutely. experiment failed. But, you know, I think as the, as, the, as the talent pool sort of diversifies and you have guys from all over the, the globe, from Eastern Europe, um, that you have a really interesting mix now. And, and listen, I saw as good a fight as I've seen in the last, I don't know how many years, with dominant Brazil and Amir Mansour. Oh, my guy God. Guy got out of prison. Really, really tough guy. And he wound up, like, biting his tongue, and he couldn't. But he had Brazil out. And then Brazil had him out. And it, was, it wasn't technically perfect. Okay. Right. Um, well, that's another thing, right? You could get. I, I, think, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people look at this Brazil-Joshua fight and say, Oh please, you know Josh was gonna mm-hmm. kill. It's it's not the case, man. Brazil, he overcome adversity in that Mansoor fight. I think we all saw his character, and and that's what it takes at this level. Even if you you know you have a bad round, like you said, you don't crack, you don't fold. Like I don't think he's just gonna get hit once by Joshua and then pack it in. That's just not in his uh, in his makeup. But if he takes the punches he took in that fight, he he might go out. Oh yeah, I mean of you course you can't take those too many punches from Anthony Joshua. Well, like you know, that. And, and Styles make fights. I think Mansoor was wild and that actually helped him in that fight where Joshua was more technically sound and maybe Brazil will see these coming a little bit easier and and you know his side. I mean he's a big dude too. Mark, I, I really think this is a this is a really good fight, and it's going to be great it's, for TV. I, I, I but I think that the the key to making the the key to making a, well, it, it was it was held as gospel for many many years. Especially look, I grew up. I still remember when Ali was fighting. Okay, but boxing goes as the heavyweights go, and you can you know you can take a dump on the heavyweights all you want, but I still think in in great measure that's true, and. You know, to me, it really doesn't bother me that Klitschko lost because he was boring as hell. That's, that's <laughs> right. the fact of the matter. Right. So if you've got Tyson Fury in the mix, that's fine. And I would love to see down the road Tyson Fury and Deontay. I, I mean, I, don't, I, I hear all these guys picking Fury over Deontay. I don't, I don't see how you can really make that argument, but, but fine. I'd love to see Joshua in this mix. Right. Those are three or four good fights all the way down the line. And there we're talking before about you hit on something. Nothing is more exciting right. than a heavyweight fight that could go either way where guys are really throwing. And Brazil showed me huge, huge you-know-whats that mm-hmm. night because he was, he was done. I looked at him. I said, this kid's done. He's finished. And he has a couple things. Heart, he has length. And because of it, he knows how to use that length. He's not a technically perfect boxer. He wasn't schooled in this from being a little kid. But... If he hits you right, he can take you out. And it doesn't really matter if you're Amir Mansour or Anthony Joshua. Right. You know, the, you can't train a chin. It's either you got it or you don't. That's 100%. You're not, are, you, are you picking him to, for the big upset, Mark, or what? I'm not picking him for the upset, but I would like to see it because it would just make it more interesting. I, as, as long as it's a good fight, it helps the division and it helps boxing. And, I, and, I, and it helps combat the, the – um, uh, the presumption, the unfortunate presumption, I think, that has arisen over the, since Tyson, and it really started, I think, during Tyson, against heavyweight boxing. And, you know, what informs my perception of heavyweight boxing, again, is that first Bo Holyfield fight. And I defy you to go witness a sporting event 
that's any more majestic or brutal than something like that. No. Uh, you'd, and somebody like Holyfield. Real the, deal. Yeah, the real mm-hmm. deal. Comes up from Cruiserweight and he's taken on mm-hmm. the, one of the Monsters. biggest, yeah. dudes. I mean, I remember watching Riddick Bowe as a kid and saying, he literally has it all. Like, when he everything. was coming up, he had everything, everything man. Everything. You know, his biggest thing was keeping him out of the fridge. Even even <laughs> though, you know, heavyweights, you think, oh, they don't have to worry about weight. But, you know, if you can be in shape. If you, yeah, if you let yourself get out of control. Look I at mean, Buster Douglas right. from, the, from the Tyson you know, fight to the Holyfield fight. Come on. Ridiculous. But he, he uh, uh, oh, man. Look, Holyfield was more than anyone thought at that time. But you're right. Bo was technically perfect. He was big. He looked good throwing those punches. He had... You know, he was long, but he still had that uppercut. Yes. Um, he, knew, he knew the tricks. He could get dirty. He had the jab. He had so much talent. It, it's a shame, but I remember visiting him one time, and I love Bo, okay? And the funny thing is that, you know, he's from Brownsville, too, like Tyson. Yep. And I don't, he's, he's another guy, if he wasn't scared of Tyson, I think he would have just destroyed him. Just right. Wouldn't have, even, wouldn't have, been, wouldn't have been close because Tyson didn't like length, and Bo had length and power. But I'll never forget, he's making a comeback one time, and I go to visit him. I think it's in Maryland. And I really like the guy a lot, man. And I go in to, to, to meet him, and he's laying on the couch watching TV. Mark, what's up? I come in, I say, you want a sandwich? I say, yeah, sure, I have a sandwich. He goes up, there's a big, like, giant ham in the kitchen. <laughs> like, with the ham ball. You know, each slice is about, about a pound. He tells me, like... Three pound slices, right? <laughs> Puts it on, and he, he makes one for me and one for him. And he put like maybe like half a jar of mayonnaise on this. Thing. <laughs> I'm like, how are you gonna fight, man? I, this, is a, this is a comeback, you know. That was his vice, man. The oh. refrigerator, you're right. Yep, big time. And before we get to that heavyweight <laughs> fight, we got the big welterweight fight. You already talked about Porter. So, how do you see that fight going? Did you, did you spend some time with Thurman as well? Yeah, I, I spent some time in Thurman. I want to pump this this show, the reveal. The Showtime's doing, putting it out online. You can see it on YouTube. Awesome. If, I, if I can be shameless, just go like Google, hey. reveal, Thurman, Porter, Kriegel, whatever. If you're a boxing but, fan, you want to watch that. I, I, we, I saw some footage with you and uh, Deontay as well, which was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Porter, I went back and forth on this, and I have, um, I have Thurman as a favorite now. I just think he can do more things, and the footage of them... Uh, sparring, um, there was a time I think it was I think it was 2012. And remember, these two guys came up together; they're friends. Yep. 2012, Thurman is signed or was about to sign to fight Maidana. Maidana's a pressure fighter, obviously, so he brought in um, he brought Kenny in to to spar, and they did about 30 rounds. There's about 20 minutes of it. Some guy posted on, and I took a look at that. And here's the interesting thing about that, which came up in our pieces. Um, they did these 30 rounds, and I asked Thurman how it went. He goes, you know, I think I had the edge. Um, and I said, hey, listen, I got to tell you, Kenny Porter said, you turn your back in sparring and ran. Like, you couldn't deal with it, signaling <laughs> that it was over. And I, I don't know. I told him, I said, I don't know if that's Kenny trying to get in your head or if that's true. But, but I asked him straight up several times. And and. That's when he released that footage. Uh, ah, that's when, that's when nice. Thurman, that's what caused him to, hey, this is the tape. This is what I got. 
Now, there's one point where he's tired. He goes, I have to get away. You know, he walks away kind of within what Kenny had, uh, had said. Now, it's not 30 rounds. It's 20 minutes of sparring. But ultimately, I believe Keith can do more things. Here's the real, what's really at stake here. The, Keith was on the first PBC broadcast, if I'm not mistaken. He's in the same division um, that Floyd was in. He is, to me, the most magnificently and diversely talented of all these guys. Now, maybe Errol Spence is coming up. He proves to be more talented. But right now, you're looking at who's, who's most likely to be the star. Who does PBC produce, you know, a year or two into its, its, its tenure, its run, as the star? And what this fight is about, to me, is Keith becoming a star. And, and you know, you, you can't be a star unless you have your signature fight. No one thought of Holyfield as a star until he beat Bo. Actually, until he almost beat Bo. Right. But, and, and, if the, and if the career of Ali tells us anything, no one really cares until you have that signature win. This would be Thurman's signature win. I mean, it, w- it would also be Porter's signature win. Right. And, and going into it, I think, what are you looking at Porter's career, his signature win? Um, you know, I, I, I guess it's Broner. Right. Um, it's an interesting fight, but I don't think that, that consecrates him as a star. This would, and it would do the same thing for Keith. But Keith wins this fight, and he could say, you know, I'm, I'm the baddest guy out there right now. Right. All, these, all these guys, the common thing is they need, they need a dancing partner. They need you each know? other. Right. Mm-hmm. Top they need each other. Um, you mentioned, you know, but, Keith, Keith is, 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 this could be that, that time for him. And I think he would be the best welterweight in America. Um, I would then love to see because i agree i lean towards towards keith myself i mm-hmm. could actually and the reason why i do it is uh, he like explain things, right I, he could do more things like if sean if sean gets hit with a shot and that bull rush mentality doesn't work that game plan doesn't work i, I don't think he has anything to fall back on where keith it's like all right you're gonna rush me i'm gonna catch you with something you know what that's not working mm-hmm. i could sit in there and fight with you too you know because keith mm-hmm. has a good chin he he got popped with both hands, you know. So, like you said, yeah, he could do more um, if he gets past something like this. Uh, you know, you also got to look at the Kell Brooks, uh, you know, of the world. And these guys are in England, and and they they have a huge fan base. And right. uh, in this division, it's a great fight. Right. But but I'm, I'm sorry, you got You got to like problem with the podcast if i'm here and you're there is you can't reach across the table and smack me to shut up so i right. apologize no 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 no. 100 you, no, you could tell paulie too and then we're well i'm back but, but, <laughs> all right so here but I'm, we're talking about the, the difficulty yeah. with a podcast coast to coast why yeah. you guys should move out here is the next time we do this podcast you could reach across the table and smack me and say mark shut up already i'm trying to talk okay all right. but, but but here's what here's paulie what does it every week mark don't worry yeah Here's what I think is, is missing in, in the analysis of all these guys. Wilder, Thurman, um, you know, even Porter with his, like, you know, people talk about his loss to Cal Brook as the sky is falling down. It's nonsense. What have we just learned from Ali? Your career doesn't even become dramatic until you take your first loss. When did Holyfield become a household name? When he lost to Bo. Yep, yep. I agree. Guy, guy gets a loss. Now what does he say he's set up for? He's set up for revenge. He's set up for a trilogy. Storyline. All these guys 
Right. It's in the heavyweights and the welterweights, which fortuitously enough are great PBC divisions, okay, fellas, mm-hmm. is set up not for guys to continue to be 47-0 and 0 and a million and all and all this other nonsense. I want to see guys willing to lose yeah. and come back. They knock each other off. They knock each other over, and that and that and that and that makes like I like where we talked about a, a great storyline as well because then you want to see the rematch, you know, fighter A might beat fighter C, but he might not beat fighter B. You know what I'm saying? And then right. you get you get to come mix and match guys. It's it's uh that's what makes it exciting, and that's what I thought made boxing exciting back in the days. You know, was you know you'd see Ali uh, having a lot of trouble with Frazier, had three great fights with him, but yet George mm-hmm. Foreman rolled right. right through Frazier like a hot knife through butter. But then Ali knocked out Foreman. You know, so mm-hmm. you know it it. The mixing and matching becomes exciting, especially when the fights end up happening inside the ring as well. Right, and then and then you you spend a whole year or years or still arguing. What about Norton? Did he beat him? Oh no, he really. You know, that's fine. That's yeah. great. Yeah, I don't that think Norton helps. actually. I don't. I don't think Ali beat Norton. I thought. I, 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 don't, I don't think so either. I thought. But, I, but I thought Norton got job there. Talking I about I, right. I know, Norton won more of the, the two of the three fights. I thought. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, you know. But I'll then, count. but but you know, Ali made a great a great story out. Ali's career became a great story. If he doesn't, if he doesn't win two or three fights, maybe we don't pay as much attention to Ali as we should. You know, that's how bad that sport so, is, unfortunately. So, Paulie, let me ask you, Thurman mm-hmm. Porter. You know how much I respect your analysis. Who do you got? You know, it's been hard, and I, 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 it's been hard to make a call. And here's the, here's the thing with this fight, especially that I fought Porter, and I kind of know the uh-huh. uh, little intricacies to his attack. He's weird in his attack because the best way I can explain it, and I've said this to some people, and I don't know if they fully grasp me, is Porter doesn't punch his way in. He doesn't uh-huh. cl- cut this. A guy who punches his way in and tries to cut distance by punching his way in like a, like a Chavez, like a Cotto uh-huh. or something, terrific uh-huh. pressure fighters, you can still give them trouble with footwork by sending them uh-huh. the wrong way with little feints, little jukes, little jives. You can go left while they go right. You can still send them the wrong way. But when a fighter like Porter doesn't punch his way in, what he does is he attacks like a linebacker attacks a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like a linebacker attacks like a running, a running back. back. He doesn't punch his way in. He disguises it maybe with a BS jab, but in reality, he's flying in. So when a guy's flying in and you've got 20 by 20 feet of room, no matter what footwork you have, you're going to wind up chest to chest. There's just nothing right. happening, you know? And he's in tight. He flies away in. And people say, oh, we'll just time him coming in and punch him. No, that's what you do to a guy who tries to punch his way in. It's hard to, it's hard to time a guy who rushes you like that because he gets real low and just sh- launches himself at you. So even if you're going to hit him with something, he's in tight. It's not going to be enough to, to disrupt right. him. And then when he is chest to chest with you, which is his intention, you know, he's willing to take one even if he blocks part of it to be inside. Once he mm-hmm. is chest to chest with you, then he's going to outwork you. He's going to rough you. And he's pushing you as well. He's got that wrestling mentality once he's inside as well where, where he's pushing, punching, pushing, right. punching. Referees don't ref anymore. Uh, Mark, I don't, I don't know if they used to ref. And here's the thing, Mark. You're probably trying to reach across the table right now and try to cut me off to set your point. No, no, no. But, but here's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't know if referees ever refereed in the day because I, I didn't fight back in the day. But referees today, they don't referee. Because the fear is the media is so stupid. Every time you see a referee trying to referee, you get uh, right away the criticism with the referee. Oh, mm-hmm. he's trying to get involved himself too much in the fight. Let him fight. Let him fight. So a guy wants to do whatever he wants in there. You can't. Sean Point is a hard guy to referee because if you referee him, you'll have no fight. You'll be warning him every two seconds. You know, so, so right. it's, it's, it's difficult to deal with him. Because then he's just going to do all that, and it makes him very effective. 
It makes him very. It's almost very it's almost MMA like, but it's not MMA because no, no, he's, exactly. he's taking your momentum away from you. He's taking your balance away from you with that with that shoving. Once he's close, once he's chest to chest, and while you're while you're trying to regain your balance, he's also throwing punches. So now you're trying to regain balance and keep keep that uh, center of gravity the way it should be. But this guy's physically stronger than you. Here's the advantage Keith Thurman has that also Kel Brook had. He's a natural welterweight. So when, when Porter tries right. to rough you up and try to push you back, it's more difficult to push around a natural welterweight than it is to push back a former super lightweight like myself, like a Demon Alexander, guys like that. And for 12 That's rounds. That's what Thurman says. That's well, what Thurman says, too. Asked, He's right. No, but Thurman says, Thurman says it's not just that he hasn't fought a welterweight like me. He hasn't fought a welterweight. And, and what he's talking about is, you know, he doesn't include Broner. I mean, Broner knocked him down, and he considers Broner – 135, 140-pounder. Yeah, I I do too. That's what he considers. He doesn't consider him a full-fledged welterweight. The other thing, it's it's so interesting you say this about about Porter. I know know a a guy who spent a lot of time, a lot of rounds with him, and that's what he says. It's not just that he's rushing in, throwing a bunch of punches. And if you think of how he started, what his gifts as an athlete are, he's a high school running back. Yes. And And he does it. So he comes in, he cuts... He cuts the distance with his with his legs. Then once he gets you, then he starts like mauling. Yep. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's a it's a very interesting. But also, point. how does a running back attack the line? Yeah. He he puts his center of gravity real low and attacks. You know, Correct. so so even right. if Sean doesn't punch his way in or he disguises it with a BS jab, his center of gravity is low and he attacks body right. with his body, not with his hands, with his body. So even if you say you know the the, I I, I get a lot of people who obviously you know they're they're not really understanding of how I'm explaining it. And then right. it, I guess it's really hard. You can't punch a guy on the way in when he's doing that. Even if you do, it's not going to deter him. His center of gravity is low. He's he's making himself a small target, and he's launching himself at you like a running back launches himself at the line in front of him. You know, Let so, me play devil's advocate. Go ahead. Let me play devil's advocate with, with all. And you, I'm, I'm no, go ahead, Mark. I, 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 I've given you I'm, so I'm, much I, damn. Of course. No, 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 not at all. That's why I respect you in this conversation. But it's is it. Is it different coming in that way with a low center of gravity and all your strength and your youth against? Listen, you were getting you were getting older, and you're not physically. Yeah, the no, size physically I could not handle. I'll be honest. I'll be honest, Mark. Physically, I yeah. couldn't handle Sean. Physically, it was just right. It was I, in the clenches. Because my 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 the way I fight in the clenches if, on the inside, if I'm uncomfortable, I'll just step into you mm-hmm. and smother you. It was impossible mm-hmm. to smother him. He was just too physically strong. He was just making his room the way he needed it. But go ahead. So Continue. can Keith? Can Keith, who's naturally who's, yes. who's younger Th- and naturally bigger and stronger? That's the million dollar question. Yeah. That's the one because I thought Brooke handled it very well. I thought I thought that's what Kel Brook did. You know, and I, I don't think I don't see. Thurman as sharp as Kel Brook. I see Thurman as a good boxer, though. I think I feel like Thurman can box. I feel like Brook is the sharper boxer, the the the, the more I the, agree the, with the you. more classical boxer. But, but here's the thing. But Thurman okay. has enough boxing, and he's physically just as big as 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 uh, Brook. So can can he uh, can he throw off deter that that launching mentality that Porter has? Right. Here's why I think so, because ultimately. Yeah, I think I think Kell Brook is a sharper boxer, mm-hmm. but I think Thurman has more crack, you and do. he has that. He can have that freaky power. And Thurman has a I, see that that debate is up there because I think both guys are big punchers. But here, here's the thing: but Porter has a great chin. Porter has a great chin. Uh-huh. 
Although he no, did get I, the Broner knocked down, I was surprised as anyone. I'm sure uh, um, Porter was too. I'm sure Broner even was. I've I've never seen Porter even <laughs> remotely hurt against anyone. But see, I do, this is the thing though. You see, he has a great chin. Because Brooks stops everyone. Brooks but, but, sitting there. I mean, granted, okay, you're gonna say who would he stop? But I mean, no, 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 <laughs> not even. But it kind of goes back to a lot of what you were just saying about his recklessness and the way he comes in. So are you are you fully getting as clean of shots? Like, for all the times that you do see him get hit, is he really getting hit with everything yeah. that guy has? That's true, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, because he's... He's not a sitting duck like a normal person because he's so awkward and so forward. Yeah. Fine. I'll tell you where I do see... I'll tell you where I do see Sermon being vulnerable. I, I'm just... As long as we're bringing out every... Mm-hmm. Each guy's, you know, pluses Vulnerability, and yeah. The, the one thing I see with, with, with Keith, he's almost like, you know, he's like a kung fu guy. He'll sit there and he wants that little break, like a couple seconds. Where he can download problem. your information and, and he wants a little bit of space in between you. Like, hey, yeah. how's this guy going to. You know, you know that moment oh, I'm talking about yep, when he's trying to figure course. you out? Oh, yeah. And he's we, thinking, what, we, all okay. like, we all like that oh. moment, but Sean specializes in not giving it to you. Yep. Right. Right. And Keith specializes in, I don't figure out how I'm going to do you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that's what makes it interesting. Yep. And just this conversation is making making me more excited about this fight Saturday night, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, gonna be there. I can't wait. Yeah, calling the fight. I'm gonna watch it on TV. I'm gonna uh, from your from your LA pull. from your LA living room. Let me tell you something. Everybody <laughs> from the gym comes over to my house. Great and, fight party, huh? And I cook. Awesome. Oh, I, cook. Awesome. I don't understand. <laughs> Listen, I don't understand. I'll send you. I'll send you. Could ask Nick Turturro. Uh-huh. Could ask Nick Turturro. I don't understand what happened to me in my life. It's something I don't. Some kind of something weird I'm a, I'm a jewish guy from manhattan mm-hmm. okay somehow after i got divorced like this little italian lady tried to get out and i like <laughs> guys i spar with the hidden, you know, the hidden italian rap, lady came out i listen i made sausage and peppers last week i made i made a chicken parmesan i'm coming over to your house for a fight party kid come, you gotta come over i'm telling <laughs> you it, it, it's one of the best hangs Anywhere. Mark, what gym are you talking about? You said guys from the gym. The Wild Card West. Oh, okay. Awesome, awesome. Sean's been, Sean's been there a bunch of times, as a matter of fact. Good stuff. Um, but um, anyway. So fight party, fight, par- fight party at Mark Kriegel's house, everybody out there. Absolutely. <laughs> fight party, Mike, Mark Kriegel's house. Saturday night for Thurman versus Porter, WBA welterweight title. And then the heavyweight fight later. Heavyweight yeah, fight. we were talking Just about that thing. too. Joshua and Brazil. Oh, yeah. Just one thing. Go ahead, yeah. Mark. It's not you. you your friends are my friend Nick Totoro. Yes, yeah. awesome guy. He also okay. a New Yorker, of course. Us New Yorkers so stick not, together, right? Just so it's not just coming from me. Mm-hmm. You could ask Nick to vouch. All and right. He would love to kill me on. <laughs> I heard Nick. Whatever. I heard Nick cooks very well too. Uh, you know, he's got a way to bring his game up to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. The gauntlet drop. Oh, we're going to have that Mark on this Kriegel podcast. Mark the gauntlet. <laughs> I like it. Undercard Saturday night, Kriegel versus Totoro. <laughs> Chef Kriegel versus Cookout. Chef Totoro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Mark, yo, thanks for having coming on the show, man. We we appreciate your time. And, uh, you know, give Nick my regards. Give everybody out there my regards. Enjoy the fight Saturday night. Uh, we know we will. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, brother. It was a pleasure, fellas. Take care. Take care, pal. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. So, yeah. That was cool. That was very cool. Always interesting, you know, um, getting the perspective of a a real expert, you know, not just, you know, 
somebody who you just and a passion, to. man. He's so passionate yeah. and about it's the so sport. It's so easy for a lot of people to say, "Oh, well, he never fought." But what does he know? He, you could tell that he he knows a lot but he's about all, it. You know, it's not just the, that he knows a lot about it because I, I think people automatically make themselves experts when they just watch stuff. Mark also. And I, I teased him about it, about the whole psychology. He understands Psycholo- the psychology yeah, of a human being well, he when he's talking it. to you. Well, so he understands the psychology of sport as well as uh, grown men, you know, and, and, and different different grown men think different ways and, right. and how to approach them and how to ask a question and how to get an answer, how to get a proper answer out of a different person. You know, the way you get a proper answer out of somebody may not be the way you get a proper answer out of the next person, you know. that Mark understands that too, you know. So he, he's an intelligent guy who's not just understanding boxing, but he knows how to how to pull that information out when he needs it, you know? So uh, shout out to Mark, uh, and, uh, you know, we appreciated him. We and hope you guys a, enjoyed. And he's a, a, a divorced him. Jew who turned Italian in the kitchen. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Maybe I can do that. So, so, what are you, what are you looking to bail on your wedding? On your marriage? No, I'm saying I can learn how to, you know, turn Italian in the kitchen would be good. <laughs> no, I'm not going <laughs> anywhere, easy. man. It's all good. I know you are. I can take it. I can take it. <laughs> All right, so, so we'll, we'll pick, are we picking these fights? Let's pick the fights. Well, which fights are we picking? Um, two fights for Saturday. Thurman, two big ones. Thurman, uh, I got Thurman by late late round stoppage. Oh, like bold. I'm talking ten or eleven, like, literally. I'm gonna take Thurman by split decision. I like Thurman by decision. What's what's the over under in the in the, in the rounds? Or close, or close unanimous. Because you know, calling a split is like the close unanimous yeah, and a split could be the same thing. But guys, what? what? Go. Go. I just want to say hey. close fight. That's what I want to hey, say. Hey, Locksmith, you got, you got any odds on a draw? For a few yeah, speaking uh, of draw. Locksmith, we're going to do the point five episode. I want to hear your Locksmith picks on all these Euro games. Or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah, Locksmith. Thanks a lot, Cristiano. What about yeah. you? You get some lines on these fights? Uh, Hold I, on a second. I want to bet. I watched uh, Brazil fight. I went on YouTube and oh, watched his last fight. fight. Yeah. I think Anthony Joshua is going to knock him out within three rounds. Wow. It just looks the like thing he gets with Anthony hit. Joshua is he knocks out almost everybody within three rounds. Right. But I saw <laughs> so, this guy. So this guy's, that's that's very vague. Within three rounds, he's probably just going along the same. No, because Mark, Mark seems to think he's tough, and you guys backed him up. And no, I do that, too. But here's but, the thing with a guy who punches as hard as Joshua. Doesn't matter how tough conscious, you are. <laughs> you can't be tough. You well, might be tough if you can stay conscious. That's like, what I'm saying. You know, guys can take the pain if they can feel the pain. When you're not conscious, the pain is out the window. You're I, out. I watched him take a lot of. Pu- I watched Joshua, him take a lot of punches. Joshua has concussive power, so he takes away. He takes away the your ability to be tough because if you're not conscious, you can't be tough. <laughs> you know, that's why it's hard to explain that. You know, like some guys have that concussive knockout power, power right? where they just knock you out. Where, where it doesn't matter how tough somebody is, if they don't like Julian Jackson, I remember, dude, it matter how tough you were. With Julian Jackson, hit you. If you went to sleep, you'd be tough sleeping. You know what I mean? You were still sleeping. You know what I mean? You were so, tough when you woke up. You were still yeah. tough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you remind you know me of when uh, Marlon Starling got knocked and out. You didn't know. Different things. Yeah. You guys remember that? And he's yeah. like, "What? I didn't get knocked out. What are you talking yeah. about?" I was like, uh, "You sure did." Yeah. <laughs> I remember Carmen Basilio said that about Ray Robinson when uh, mm-hmm. Robinson knocked him out with that uh, left hook, that uh, the step back left hook, and uh, they had him in the corner, the stool sitting down in the in the corner, and he was like, "Why is Ray in the corner jumping up and down?" You know, he thought he was getting ready for the next round. You know, he's like, "Why is he up and Why is he jumping up?" They're like, dude, the fight's over. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's uh, it's weird. It's been weird. All right, so that's uh, that's it. That's episode fifty nine point zero. We're gonna do yes. point five now. We got a lot of ranting to go, a lot of ranting to do, especially about the euros. You're the boss, Euro applesauce. It's all right. Um, I'm sure we'll get in our couple of political challenges sure. in there, right? Uh, stay tuned. Stay tuned, people. Stay, stay tuned. We're gonna give you a point five episode this week. That's what we do. That's what we do. Especially when we're all in New York. That's what we do. Johnny, over and out. Fifty nine point zero. Stay tuned. Fifty nine point five. Next.